Colossians 3.16, and then you'll also want to, uh, you'll swing back to Ephesians right after we read Colossians 3.16. Alright, tonight we're going to look at what we ought to allow to fill our hearts and minds. You already know this, but listen to Colossians 3.16. Let's see how far we get tonight in this. Colossians 3.16, I've had memory life, many life verses, memory verses in my Christian life. And this was one of them. When I was in Bible college, I kind of had probably four different life verses. And this was one of them. It was just amazing as I read my Bible, verses would just grab me and hold me. And I say, I got to memorize that. I just want to live by that for a while. And so Colossians 3.16 is kind of very important to me, kind of precious to me. But um, uh, this one verse of Scripture we're going to look at tonight, Colossians 3.16, would you read it aloud with me, all right? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, I want you to get a picture here. Paul is writing to a, a group of Christians in a town called Colossae, and you've got to imagine, these Christians didn't have the freedom that we do. Colossae was a, as many of the bigger cities were, Colossae was a big hustling, bustling uh, city that was full of markets and full of travelers. And so he's speaking to people who kind of had to uh, uh, fight to, to survive. And I mean, when I say fight, they were up before sunrise, they worked all day, and they collapsed at sunset. And here was Paul writing to a group of Christians who were much busier than we are today. We are a lazy generation. It ought to be so easy for Christians to be in church, to be reading their Bibles. Throughout history, they people had to, from before sunup, they had to milk the cows, they had to get the cows out to pasture, they had to brush the horses, they had to work all day. If you wanted butter, guess what you had to do? You had to slosh that butter for hours on end. Nobody dreamed of ice cream. Nobody dreamed of sitting down with a a bag of popcorn and watching a movie on Friday night. They worked. And here was Paul talking to people who were busy all of their day, busy trying to just survive. Here they were gathered together early on a Sunday, reading a letter from the Apostle Paul, and Paul said, sing. Sing and make sure the word of Christ dwells in you richly. So there's something very important about us putting a priority on the word of Christ. So uh, look at the effects. Now here he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. But let's go to a compare uh, uh, a companion scripture back a few pages to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And you'll see the same thoughts of Paul written to the Ephesian Christians. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 21. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Here we are. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Look at the effects of just being filled with the Spirit of God. One is, there'll be a rejection of wine. If you're filled with the Spirit, you won't be struggling with addiction. You won't be struggling with any kind of pull of the world. 
You see, you don't struggle against the pull. Your focus is on being filled with the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, what won't happen? You'll be free from the pull of the world. The Bible says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not, what's the word? You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you, you focus on different things than the trouble, that, than, the, than the temptation you're working on. So filled with the Spirit helps you to reject wine and any addiction. You'll find yourself, if you are filled with the Spirit, you'll find yourself singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And thirdly, you'll find yourself being thankful. Giving thanks always for how many things? Man, those are convicting scriptures because it's hard to thank God for everything. And yet he says, be thankful. And if you're full of the Spirit, you'll submit to others gladly. You'll find yourself easily submitting to, to one another, finding yourself doing what somebody else tells you to do instead of you always having to be in charge. Now, does your life look like that? Probably not. So, there is, in Colossians, there's some key helps to understanding how to get filled with the Spirit and to have a life that is not under the bondage of our flesh and not under the bondage of the, the, the world, but actually under Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. And, you'll, and I just started off saying, it starts off with another let. What's the first word in verse 16? It's let. All right. Now, the English have uh, several unique phrases. They, they'll say, to let. This, this uh, building is to let. And, but this here, when it says let, it doesn't have that meaning here. To let means to allow here. Allow the word of Christ to dwell in you richly. Now, let is throughout your King James Bibles, not in all the new Bibles. All the new Bibles, they kind of say do and be, but not let. And yet you'll find Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, let your light so shine. That's funny. When I got saved, he put the light in me. I don't have to burn it. I don't have to pump it up. I don't have to, to listen to some, some hyper music to get me pumped up in order to shine. I just need to let it shine. Let your light so shine. Hebrews 13, 1, I love this verse. It's very short, four words. Let brotherly love continue. You may find it hard to love someone, but really your problem is you won't let it just happen. You won't just let yourself go ahead and love somebody. So Hebrews 13, 1 says, let it continue. Then you've got Colossians 3, 15. Look up there in verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Who wants to govern your heart and actually keep you under uh, uh, um, um, uh, under control and calm. God does. So you need to let his peace rule in your heart. So these are all lets. Well, verse 16 is another let here. And these are all things, if I can say that, these are all things that you're in charge of, that you're supposed to allow to happen in your life. Either you allow them or you hinder them. It's kind of like a, an apple tree You've got all of those apples on that apple tree. How did the apple tree produce all those apples? It just happens, folks. An apple tree naturally produces apples. And a spirit-filled Christian naturally will have light. Are you with me? Naturally will have the peace of God. Naturally will love people with brotherly love, not just tolerant love. So when you let that, now most of us, our apples are, are not always producing fruit, and we're losing our apples, and losing, we've lost our, our marvels, but anyway, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Um, the, uh, <clears throat> the, the, the point I want to say here is, 
let the word you hold in your hand saturate you and affect you thoroughly. It can't affect you. That Bible cannot affect you unless it's in you. How? All right, let's talk about richly here. He talks about let the word of Christ. Now, our center focus is the word that Christ said. Now, a lot of times we focus on heaven, and I love focus on heaven. Sometimes I just sit and I just ponder heaven. And I, I catch myself going, can it really be that good? Is it really going to be that awesome? And I nearly slap myself saying, it's going to be better than I can imagine. I have not seen nor ear heard. So when you're, when you're all of your attention's on heaven and on your family and on your success or on your career or on your sins or on world news or on the economy or on your hurts, you need to get back to where you focus on the word of Christ. Now, where do we find the word of Christ? Normally, we think the word of Christ is being found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, I hope you know that that Jesus actually speaks in the book of Acts and also in the book of Revelation. So the word of Christ specifically is not just in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the word of Christ is actually contained in every page of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. They're all the words of Christ. How can that be? Well, fact number one. Jesus is the very word of God. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the, what's it? The Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was who? And the same was in the beginning with God. So fact number one, Jesus is the Word of God. Second fact, fact number two, Jesus is the very voice of God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God, that's the second person of the Trinity, moved upon the face of the waters, and God, what? Here's the third person of the Trinity. And God said, and the word of God was, let there be light, and there was light. Need to go to Psalm 33. Psalm 33. Psalm 33 and verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Okay, that's still not clear, Pastor. All right, now let's go back to John. Gospel of John. Let's put this together. John chapter 1. We read verse 1 and 2. Let's read verse 3. Gospel of John chapter 1. Looking back in verse 1, in the beginning, back there in Genesis, existed, was the word already. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. How many things? All things were made by the Word of God, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh, 
and the Word dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, we saw the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who were they looking at? So Jesus, the Word, became Jesus, the man. Jesus, number one, is the very Word of God. He is the very voice of God. When God said, let there be light, that was Jesus going and creating the universe, creating light. Fact number three. You'll find Jesus quoting the Old Testament Scriptures from start to finish. And these go to, well, you just look up here. Matthew 24, verse 35. Watch carefully what he says. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's words, but my words shall not pass away. So when he spoke, he was speaking the very same words that God had spoken. And just as eternal as God's words are, Jesus' words are eternal. Why? Because they are the same person. The Trinity is that thing where Jesus is God. He is the Word of God. He is the voice of God. So when we have this concept of let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, yes, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, memorize all of that as you can. Let that dwell in you. But memorize also Genesis chapter 3 and Genesis chapter uh, 11 and Genesis chapter 21. Because it's all the word of Christ. It is all his word. Now, so the Bible you hold in your hand is the very word of Christ. And notice the word Christ, which is the word Messiah. That is the word of Christ to the world. Let it dwell in you richly. Uh, let me see if I got my last night. So soak up the Bible. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And I'm talking about the whole Bible. There is a guy right now, there's a crazy, uh, there are all kinds of nuts. There's this nutcase of a, of a, of a preacher in America called Andy Stanley. And he says, we need to unhitch our faith from the Old Testament. Isn't that a unique phrase? We need to quit relying on the Old Testament. Now he preaches at a mega church, which means it's got like 8,000, 10,000 people. And he's convincing people to ignore the Old Testament. And yet, what did Jesus speak his entire ministry? The Old Testament. That guy's not even right in the head. So, the very book you hold in your hand, Old Testament, New Testament, words in red. How many of you have a red-letter Bible? Most of us do. Are those the words of Christ only? No. The words that he quoted from the Old Testament are the words of Christ. And all the words around those words are the word of Christ. Are you with me? So, Soak up the entire Bible. Now, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Normally, when we think of richly, I need you to understand, he's talking about something that's abundant, like rich desserts. Mm. When you think of a rich dessert, it is something that when you bite into it, you just stop. (laughs) Because it's full of flavor. It's full of sugar. (laughs) Abundantly, when you think of rich people, you know they got lots of money. So, uh, when we think of rich, richly, we're talking about the, let the majority of the thoughts of your heart and of your mind be the words of Christ, the words of Scripture. When I was 12, 13, 14 years old, uh, I and my friends would stay up all night and listen to heavy metal music. And we would listen to all kinds of, of, 
songs or whatever, and we would memorize the words. That's why when I got saved, I had to get good music to get that stuff out. But I would listen to that stuff, and when we'd be talking, me and my buddies, we'd be talking, it was great to sit and have a comeback. That was a phrase from a song. We thought we were so smart, you know, you just come back. And somebody would say, and you could quote somebody, some song or whatever. You know, that's not the life of a Christian. The greatest thing is when people are talking for you to think of a scripture. For you to think of a truth, of a promise, of a warning. Something, thus saith the Lord. You need to let the Bible so dwell in you that you can... You can, in a moment, somebody says something, and you can associate that with a scripture. Uh, if there's anything that's true, it's that Christ's words are living words. Go to John chapter 6. You're in the Gospel of John, hopefully still. John chapter 6 and verse 67. John 6, 67. Patrick, would you read that, please? Read verse 67 and 68. All right, the words of eternal life. They, these are these are living words. Hebrews four twelve. Adelina, please. Hebrews four twelve. Asunder. Okay, kind of hard verse. Uh, I'd like to hear it in, in Romanian next time, and I wouldn't understand a single word, and here you are reading in English very well. But notice how many verbs there are on there. The Word of God is quick. How many ever had a had a uh, had something, and uh, I had to go get some blood drawn for about the third time uh, earlier in the week. And uh, this nurse, who I never met before, she went poking around. She says, "I can't find any blood." <laughs> She's poking in my arm, and I says, "Well, quick, get it over with, quick." Now, this kind of quick, however, is alive. The word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. So when you have a Bible, you have something that is is uh, uh, is living and powerful. And if you've ever cut your 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 fingernails or whatever and gotten down to that what they call underneath the cuticle, that's called the quick for a purpose. Anybody ever had that called that? You ever heard of that? That's because you're you're cutting into living flesh, amen. And that the quick there is referring to the Bible being alive. And and the point is, you need to let that live in you. It becomes almost, we're obsessed, if I could be honest, we're obsessed with worry. We're obsessed with fear. We're obsessed with, with people's perceptions of us. We're obsessed with, with things that we, we think we have to have in order for us to be happy. We're obsessed with so many things when we should be obsessed with the Bible. We should be just, it ought to just jumble around inside of our head Thoughts that are just relaxing and joyful 
and, and thrilling and, 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 and strong and, and peaceful and, um, and encouraging. Gotta let them, you gotta let them live in you. There's, uh, uh, there's some of these people that are kind of unusual. I think, uh, Clive just got a puppy at his, in his home. I think the puppy's about the size of a, uh, a little t- a bit. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, alright? I was trying to find something else nicer to say. But, you know, one puppy's okay. Two puppies, like, pushing it. But 15 puppies in a house, that wouldn't drive anybody demented, amen? Well, let me tell you. Your life can't, you cannot survive on just one word of scripture. Not even just two. You need a brain and a heart full. Let the word of Christ dwell, live in your house. Imagine if you had 15 lively puppies in your house. How active would your house be? You wouldn't be there. (laughs) Well, let the Word of Christ be active in your brain that way. And you'd be a whole lot saner than the world would ever know what to do with. So, how do you get living words living in you? Two ways. You know it. I don't have to uh, teach you these things, but I'll remind you, one of them is by, by memorizing. And memorizing vast portions of Scripture. You can memorize Genesis 1-1. You can memorize Genesis, uh, Revelation 22, 21. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Every single verse in your Bible can be memorized. Uh, Nita and I, when we were recording, we memorized 1 Corinthians 13. She helped me memorize, uh, uh, uh Psalm 19. Psalm, uh, uh, let's see, I worked on, I don't know, I have it, I have it. She, she knows James chapter 1, 2, you know all chapter 3? Not two yet. You know all of James, James chapter one, um, and Colossians three and stuff. You can do it. I mean, if some old folks like us can do it, you can do it. Memorize vast portions of scripture. Um, and then secondly, meditate on. It's no good for us to memorize Acts one eight if you're not thinking about it on Monday. It's no good if you're not meditating you shall receive power. And you got to stop there and go, I wonder if I've received that power. Lord, I need that power. God, I'm going to go out to the work, go to the school, I'm, I'm going to go to the office, I'm going to go to the shop, I'm going to go downstairs, and I can't be a Christian witness without you. That's what meditation does. It stops you and you go, Lord, that's what I need right now. Uh, uh, but you shall receive power. Thank you that it's a shall. Thank you that you have it for me. I'm just asking you for it now. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. And you meditate on me. He says, I haven't witnessed to anybody. I need to witness somebody in my Jerusalem. I need to be willing to go over to Judea. That's, that's your surrounding area. I need to go out to the Samaritans, go to the people I don't like. And I need to be praying for and writing and encouraging missionaries onto the uttermost parts of the earth. As you meditate on that, you act on it. All right. Or else, that book, which has done the most good, in the world will do you no good. You know what the worst testimony of this generation of Christians is? That we have published the Bible more than all other books, and yet so few people read it. We give away more Bibles. We'll give away Bibles this next week in our Bible club and our Target Heart. But if people aren't reading it, if it's not dwelling in them richly, it will do them no good. One last thought before we finish. Let it give you all wisdom. I like this thought. Go back to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3, verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. We're only going to stop there 
But I want you to talk, I want you to focus on, and, and in your mind, get a thought that this is the effect that memorizing and meditation will have on you. This will make you wise. This is the effect of memorizing and meditating. You get access to all wisdom. Now you'll, you'll learn a lot from the Bible. I, uh, we looked at some teaching material years ago that was only from the Bible. Every subject in the Bible was divided up history, um, geography, science, philosophy, psychology, morality, um, uh, family life. Everything was divided up. The Bible is a self-contained university. It really is. It is not all knowledge, but I'll say this, it is all wisdom. You know the difference? You're not going to find out about the speed of light in the Bible. You're not going to be able to calculate it. You're not going to understand how gravity works from the Bible. But you will understand wise things, wisdom. You have access to all wisdom. Because I believe wisdom is greater. It is the right use of knowledge. Do you think Albert Einstein was a smart guy? He's a very smart guy, but he wasn't very wise. The best thing that he could give us was a bomb to blow ourselves up. Wasn't that a nice guy? Not very wise. If I ever could figure out how to split an atom, I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> knowledge doesn't always mean doing what you what you think you can do. So, here's a guy. He's a he's a uh, his name was Democritus. A smart guy, philosopher, and into science. You know, you can get wisdom greater than Democritus. Aristotle, Plato, and Socrates. Where can I find all that? One book. Psalm 19, verse 8 says, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes, meaning giving you information, opening your eyes. Deuteronomy 4 says this, Keep, therefore, and do my commandments, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all of these statutes, and say, Surely this is a great nation, with a wise and an understanding people. For what nation is there, talking about the Jews, that is so great, who hath God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great, that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as this law? The, the Bible is, is impressive even to the unsaved. The world looks at it and says, look at how it works. Look at how it keeps these people healthy. Look at how it gives them long life. Look at how people who live by the Bible are happier. They may not have more money, but usually they, 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 they have enough. And they're not beggars and they're never, they're never, uh, 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 grumblers and complainers. People who live by the book are a better people. And the world will look and go, you know what? We need to learn something from them. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You can live by that book, and you can live for it all your life. Listen to 2 Timothy 3. Go to Psalm, 100, Psalm 119 while I, while I quote this for you. Psalm 119, but in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. Some girl wants a perfect husband, get him in the book. Get him living that book. Psalm 119, 
in verse 97. 11997, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, me learning and obeying your commandments, you've made me what? You've made me wiser than mine enemies. For they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are what I think about or what I meditate on. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. And I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. Verse 104 says this, Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. When everybody else is walking in darkness and don't know what to do, God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let the word of God uh, of Christ give you all wisdom. Great verse, good enough to memorize, enough for us to think about tonight. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we haven't even talked about singing yet. You know, the greatest songs, the richest songs, the most meaningful songs have, have substance, have, have, have a meaning to them. And that's why we sing hymns. That's why we, we sing the psalms. That's why we know what spiritual songs are. But they all come from one thing, and it comes from the Word of Christ, which is this entire book. We call it the Holy Bible. But it is what Christ gave us. He is the spoken word from Genesis to Revelation. And I thank you for it. I don't think we appreciate it enough. Father, I, I think we, and myself, could use a good dose of a, of a whole week of just memorizing scriptures and then just test ourselves and go, that was a better week than I've had in months. My mind is clearer. My heart is lighter. So that maybe for the rest of our life, we would memorize and meditate and let this book dwell in us richly. This week, Father, I pray, as busy as we're going to be, I pray that we'd have some scriptures living in us that we've, that, that we're memorizing, that we've written out and we memorize and we meditate on because the world will run us over and discourage us. So give us that encouragement. Give us that, that lift that we need from this book of books. In Jesus' name.